receivers. So we thank you right now for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Glory to God. Uh, Kim, I'm going to talk for a, a few minutes, so you can play if you want, or you can leave. But I, it's up to you. I, I'll never complain about you playing there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, and so as Eric said, we're glad to be back. We're glad to be back with the faith family. We love traveling, uh, but it's always good to come home. When home is good, it's good to come home. Yeah. And so uh, when the bed is good, we have an expensive mattress. We got it cheap, though. We got it real cheap. But it's expensive. It wasn't used, but we got a good deal. We got a good deal. And so we get good rest. I got a good pillow, you know. I, when we travel without flying, I bring my pillow with me. Because <laughs> of my neck situation. I bring my pillow with me. But I couldn't bring it this time. So it's like, you know, can't find the right pillow at the hotel. But we love coming home. And we received much. And I'm going to tell you this. At one point during the service, uh, Pastor Nancy, we went to Murrieta, California, for those who don't know. And uh, we went to World Harvest Church. Pastor Morgan Dufresne, Dufresne is the pastor of the church at this time. That is Pastor Nancy Dufresne's daughter. Uh, pastor Nancy was married to Ed Dufresne, uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne, who was a prophet of God, who we had the opportunity to sit under. He came to our house twice. You were there. He came to our house uh, because we cooked. They cooked. No, I was just a kid. They cooked the meals for him, so we enjoyed supper with him couple times and so he uh, went home to heaven uh, in about nine years ago and so Pastor Nancy has been uh, was pastoring for 25 years in the church and now her daughter-in-law Morgan pastors the church so she had Holy Ghost meetings there and so it was 11 meetings in, in from Thursday to uh, uh, Wednesday we went to 10 of them the last one we didn't go to because we had to leave in the morning. It was late uh, service. It was a healing service, and we received our healing prior to that. So, uh, But I got to watch it, and I, I've got so much from Pastor Stephen. But uh, we went there, and during one point of the service, uh, Pastor Nancy said, the, there's mantles that are being uh, put on ministers, anyone who will receive it. I received that. And those two mantles are wisdom and boldness. So if I say something this morning, I ask God, yes, I need wisdom. Because if I get boldness, I need wisdom on how to use it. And so I received those two mantles. And so um, there was a lot of impartations, a lot of things. One of the things that we noticed right away, first service, Eric and I noticed something about, and I shared this with our worship team uh, yesterday, we noticed that it took all of 20 seconds to get in the presence of God in the time of worship, 20 seconds, Richard Roberts said 30 seconds, me and Eric were like, mm -mm, like 20 seconds, and the reason for that is not because, uh, oh, they're wonderful, oh yeah, we had one of the best worship leaders, uh, David Ellis, he's a psalmist. And, and he's just, he, he's traveled with Brother Copeland for 30 years. His uncle led crusades, the music for Oral Roberts. His family has been involved in that for many years. So he knows how to lead worship. But that wasn't what uh, 
got us into the presence of God. Do you know what it was? It was every single person in the congregation participating. Like everyone. You don't even want to look around, but I did. It's, it's, there's such an awe and a reverence. And, and we hear awe and reverence and we like, but such a joy doing it. It was just joyful, but such reverence and awe for God. So I looked around one time because you're surrounded like we were packed in like sardines the first couple nights because they had to put extra chairs in. And so you're raising your hands, you know, and I, I'm like looking around, you know, from the smallest, from the smallest, seeing the children just hands up to God mouths open and just praising God to the oldest. Just praising the Lord. Everybody participating. And that just brings the presence of God faster than anything else will. When we position ourselves in that way. And so that really stood out to us. There were other things that stood out to us and I will talk about that on Wednesday. Uh, but something in, 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 when I came back, I sat down and wrote down some of the things I got. And this is what I felt led to share just for a few minutes this morning. And then we're going to just take a few minutes and just worship the Lord. Uh, but in talking about positioning ourselves and, and what Pastor, Pastor Nancy said this, she said, uh, the Holy Spirit will meet us in our movement not in our hesitation. He'll meet us in our movement. And, and thinking about how our movement um, pertains to our worship. Uh, our movement, when I say our movement, I mean it would be whatever the Holy Spirit is calling for at that moment. Whatever he's calling for at that moment, uh, that prompting. So as a congregation, when we're worshiping the Lord and each of us will receive a prompting, a movement. Uh, some, this morning we sang a song, uh, Bigger the Battle, Greater My Faith. Uh, one part of the song says, I lift my hands. Well, don't have to be a rocket scientist to say, how do I raise my hand? You know, we do that. The song's telling us to do that. So we do that. I raise my hands. And let me tell you something about raising our hands. Uh, David Ellis said the Lord has been telling him everywhere he goes to begin to tell the people to raise, lift your hands. And don't just lift them this way. He said, that's okay. It's okay to lift your hands this way. We do that. I'm sure. And they would put me between, you know, I had Eric on one side. One night his mom sat, stood, and she's tall. And then another guy, he said, I'm, so I'm like, you know, because I can't raise my hand. They're bumping the head, you know. So, so it's okay if you can't raise your hands. But if you have full use of your arms, raise your hands all the way. And so we usually say, he said, you know, I just think of how a little kid is like, Daddy, you know, and, and raise their hands to God and, oh, we surrender. But Nancy said when her husband went home to be with the Lord, it was unexpected. It was a plane crash. He flew a private plane. It was a plane. It exploded in the sky. And she said when he went home to be with the Lord for like a month afterwards, 
uh, she said that she walked around the house like this. And she said, just in worship to the Lord and in praise. And she said, what she was doing was telling the Lord, my hands are off the situation. And I'm letting your hands work on it. When we put our hands up to the Lord, we say, hands off. Hands off. I'm worshiping you. I'm taking my hands off of it. Your hands are on it. I give it to you. And so that's a good movement. It's a movement with our physical body that will help us worship the Lord better. And so um, then, you know, so there, as a congregation, each of us uh, receive a prompting. It could be the song that says that. If I'm fully engaged, I, I make that movement. It could be the worship leader, uh, the person who's leading that says lift your hands or let's pray or sing in the spirit. That's a movement that the Holy Spirit is calling for at that time. So when they say to do that, we don't just watch them pray in the spirit. We don't just watch the praise team dance. We don't just watch the praise team lift their hands. We do that as the congregation. It's a movement that the Holy Spirit is calling for. When we fail to move and to, to, to do and participate with him, we fail to have his highest flow. There are flows of the Spirit during the service. And God will allow us. He'll be fine with us if we just go for that flow that we're accustomed to. But I don't know about you, but I want his highest flow. I want his highest flow in every service. And, and, and I want that highest flow. So I've got to participate with the movement of the Holy Spirit and what he's calling for. And so I don't just stand there and enjoy the wonderful angelic sounds of our praise and worship time. I don't just stand there and enjoy. I participate. And as the Holy Spirit prompts me, I don't say, well, I'm reserved. I worship the Lord privately. I want you to send me a video of you worshiping the Lord privately because I don't believe you. Here's the boldness. If you don't do it here, I don't see you doing it at home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't tell me you worship the Lord at home if I don't see you worshiping here. And I'm not saying that, that I'm, I'm picking on anybody. I'm just saying in our churches in the world, people will say that. I worship the Lord. No, you don't. Because that would overflow here in church. I'd see it here in church. Everybody would see it here in church. But here's the thing. Don't flatter yourself because we ain't looking at you. I'm not looking to see. Nobody should be looking to see. Right? That's between you and the Lord. So don't, don't get caught up in what I look like or will someone speak. I don't care. I want his highest flow. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that based on, I wonder what I look like right now. I wonder what they're thinking about me right now. Ooh, I wonder what I sound like right now. What are they going to think? Nobody's going to think anything. Nothing. Nothing. So take that thought right out of your head. If you want God's highest and best flow in every service, then we've got to participate with the movement of the Holy Spirit. We don't just stand here, right? We don't just stand here and enjoy. No, no, 
miracle. No, faith opens its mouth. Faith says stuff. Faith sings songs. And like Eric said, it doesn't change the song or the words when things aren't going well. So, you know, I may have received a $500 bonus this week. So, <laughs> look out. I'm bringing my praise to church. But then, you know, next week a $500 bill comes in. I'll just listen to them today. No. No. Faith continues to sing and to shout, especially when circumstances around us aren't going well. Especially. That's the test of faith. That's when you need to exercise your faith even more. That's when faith matters. That's when faith matters. And so we, we uh, participate. Amen. We participate because we want the highest flow. And so everyone, because I'm going to tell you, uh, my granddaughter this week, she came over, and I hadn't seen her all week, so she came over on uh, Thursday, and I took her to school on Friday. And the way her teacher works is they give them a packet of homework, and they can do it three nights a week, pick some of the activities, do it three nights a week, but they got to read every night, and Mom has to sign the paper. So I asked her, did you do, it's a conversation we have, did you do your homework or do we need to do it? No, all done. And she said, but I left it at home. I said, oh. And she said, and mom said she ain't turning around to go get it. I said, good for mom. Good for mom. Because if you start that now, she's eight. You'll be doing that when they get to college. This is the problem. We, oh, I'll bail you out. <laughs> and so she didn't, she didn't, uh, she didn't turn around to get it because she had told her get your homework and stuff, and, and Nina was like, I was running around, and I didn't, okay, and so she didn't do it, so she said she didn't bring it, and, and Liz said she worked hard on it, so Liz did tell the teacher, I'm sorry, she worked hard on it, so uh, I thought about that, and the thing that they do is the class that most participation of homework for the month gets like a prize, like they get a party, a pizza party, that kind of the, the more kids that do that, they're trying to get the kids to do their homework. And so that's a supply that Nina is supposed to bring to school, that homework. She didn't bring her supply. So it didn't just cost her. It costed the class paid for it. The class paid for it because that was a, a one check they didn't get. Nope, you missed all, everybody. Everybody else may have brought it, but Nina didn't bring it. And so that cost, there's the supply of the Spirit that everyone who God sets in the church is required. You're responsible to bring that supply to church. And then there's a supply that you receive back to you. The school would give them a pizza party if everybody did, you know. There's a supply. So there's a supply for you to receive. And then there's the supply that you bring. And if you're absent, you're not bringing the supply. We're not bringing the supply. And so we've got to bring the supply. And that supply comes the media team, our praise team, our ushers. All of the supply is important. One is not more important than another. God takes his time. It says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God takes his time with his creation. I think we just think because, you know, Adam, you know, uh, dust. Whew, there you go. There's Adam. He was so quick 
to make Adam. It's a, it's a process. Nine months in our mother's womb. Some almost ten. And so uh, it's he creates us. He takes his time. But then it says, and then he sets each member in the body. That's a place of honor. And we honor God when we bring our supply. I want to bring my full supply every time I come to church. It's not just me checking off a box and saying, I went. I went. I want to bring my supply, my full supply. My supply of when it's time for worship, I'm engaged and I'm participating. And, and the praise team can work off of that. They're humans. They have eyes. They can see what's going on in the congregation. <laughs> they can see. They can see when someone's having a bad day. We're not, we do not, we're not good at lying in this church. When we're having a bad week, it shows. It shows. I led worship for over 20 years. I know when people are with us, they're at Walmart doing their shopping for the week. You can see it. Even with their hands raised. Even with their hands raised. Amen. Glory to God. But you see, they are not there. If I was to say, what did I just say? They'd be like, yeah, uh, yeah no. Uh, Richard Roberts shared that his father, you never told Oil Roberts, Dad, that was a great message. He'd say, oh, yeah. Give me the three points that I spoke that you thought was great in the message. Give me three. Give me three points. Sometimes we just say things to say it. And so, uh, I, you know, you can see it. And so I want to bring my full supply of worship. Whatever God has called me to do, he's called me to be the pastor here. And so that's what I'm going to bring my full supply of. What has he called you to do? And I want us to make sure that we don't lose that because we're leaving this building. We're leaving what's familiar. We're stepping out of our comfort zone. And we're stepping out into faith. And I don't want us to lose our supply, and knowing that mm -mm, it's just a building. We're just changing locations, but I'm the same here. God has set me in this body, and I'm bringing my full supply every time, and I'm going to cooperate with the movement of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I don't want a lesser flow. God will let us have a lesser flow if we want it. I don't want a lesser flow. With his highest flow comes manifestations of healing. With his highest flow comes the gifts of the Spirit manifesting. Demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. With his highest flow, there comes miracles. How many of you need a miracle in your life? service on Sunday, but it's going to be a little different than what we're accustomed to, because I'm going to, I'm just going to correct just a few things, just a few things, we're just going to correct just a few things, because people, I've, I've, been, I've been told, oh, we used to love when pastors would have the healing, and like, why don't you pray for people more on, you know, after worship, you know, call people up and pray. I have no problem with doing that, except the Lord told me not to, and I didn't know why. And I got my answer while we were away. 
Not that it's wrong to do. If God tells you to do it, you should do it. And we've done it a few times. But here's the problem. I don't believe in laying hands on anyone unless there's teaching about healing first. I, that's just my belief. And so I ask God, how do I do this? Because I know we're accustomed to doing that. And it's not wrong. If that's where your flow is, do it. Because what happens is people will come up over and over and over and over. And I'll keep going over for the same thing. And they will leave and not get their healing. And when they come up the next time, they're just coming up because it's an opportunity. Just lay your hands. And, and, and the thought is maybe if they're more anointed, maybe if they prepared better, maybe if they, you know, prayed more, I'd get my healing. It's not on them. It's not on any of your pastors. It's not on anybody. It's on you. You didn't receive it. And so we're going to talk about what it means to receive healing. Like, really receive it. And then we'll pray for the sick. And so if you have something in your body you've been tolerating, just tolerating. We tolerate things. My, I have, uh, Moses, when he was old, he had perfect eyesight. And so my, I, have a, I have an example that I live with every day of someone who has perfect eyesight. He has, needs no glass. He's like 20-20 vision or 20-21, he tells us, vision, like perfect. But I tolerate these. It's just something I tolerate. Why? Because I've been wearing them since I was eight. So when someone says, do you need healing? I'm like, no, I'm good. So you're fine. I hate these things. If you know me, yesterday I didn't even have them on, and I was doing this all day. I had contact. I'm like, seriously? I'm so used to them. They're a part of my life. Right now everybody's a blur. So I just tolerate it. If there are things you tolerate, you know, oh, when we get over a certain age, you know, I'm starting to forget things. So we tolerate it. My bones are hurting, but, you know, it must be an age thing. No, that's not God's highest flow for us. That's not God's high flow. So if you need healing, you can receive your healing next week. And we're going to show you how to receive your healing. Then we're going to pray. We're going to have the elders of the church pray. Anoint you with oil and pray. Because the word of God says that if we do that, you'll be saved. That word there is healed, whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. Well, then why is that not working? Is God's word not true? Is it the pastor's fault that I'm not? No, it's not. They're doing what they were told. It's not. So it's my fault? Mm -hmm. It's my fault. And your fault. Why? Because we haven't received it yet. And it's very simple. It's very simple. So on Wednesday, we'll talk about it. And then on Sunday, and you'll have homework on Wednesday. Because we got to do something. And then on Sunday, we're going to have a healing service. And we're going to close out in here with the healing anointing flowing. People are going to be healed of whatever. I expect miracles. I expect it. You, you don't have to, but I expect it. So I want his highest flow. Praise team, you can come up. Hallelujah. So uh, I, I'm reminded when, when, when the Spirit of God brought this to my heart, I was reminded of the man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. 
you can read about the man. The angel would come at certain times and he would stir the waters. And those that were laying there, whoever got in first, got their healing. And this man was sick for 38 years. And he was uh, an invalid. He could not walk. And so he was just laying there. You ever go by a homeless encampment? When I worked at Rhode Island Hospital, there were many. And they have everything. It's comfortable. They got all their stuff. There was one woman who had a, 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 a crib, not a crib, a playpen. And she lived in a playpen. I thought there was a baby in the playpen. No, that was her bed in the playpen under the bridge in Rhode Island. On my way to work, I'd pass her every day. But she had all her belongings. That's this man. He was laid there with everything he needed beside him. And he was waiting, just laying down in the back, just waiting, waiting for his healing to come. And so Jesus came one day, and he looked at him, and he said, do you want to be healed? Why did he ask him that? Because he's like, what are you doing, dude? He said, do you, do you even want to be healed? And the man's like, yeah. But, you know, and he's looking around at external things. You know, I don't have anybody to help. He's looking around at external things. I don't have anyone to help me when the angel stirs when someone gets in. You know, well, position yourself. He got to that place, and it said, by the time I get in the water, so he can move. He can move. So you know what? Roll yourself to the edge of the pool. Come on. Roll yourself to the edge of the pool. And when the angel does it, just throw yourself in. Do something. Position yourself. But he didn't. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God Jesus was led to come. And thank God he, he healed him supernaturally. It wasn't by that man's faith. That was the gifts of healings in operation. Amen? Gifts of healings in operation. Jesus was moved with compassion. But I don't want to be that man by the pool of Bethesda. In our times of worship, I don't want to just sit in the back. And I don't mean a location in the church. I mean sit in the back inside. I mean, relax and sit back and watch what everybody else is doing and, and miss God's highest flow. Because God will meet you in your movement. And so this morning, I just want to just practice. We're just going to sing a song. I just want to practice. Uh, Nancy, Pastor Nancy said, and I'm like, man, she did a good job with this church in praise. And she said, we practiced for 25 years. They were gracious enough to just practice. And they can move with the Spirit of God, everybody. The kids sit in the sanctuary. They don't go to Sunday school. They sit in the services. And they are dressed like, I mean, this church has a competition about who dresses up the nicest. We were very underdressed. And I had a dress on, and I was underdressed. And the kids, three-piece suit, 10-year-olds ushering like adults. They're like, how many people? Two? Two people? Right this way? Right this way? I'm like, what are you, 10? Yeah, 10. And my brother, who's my twin, is 10 too. And he's ushering over there with his three-piece suit on. And so they, they, the kids serve. And so it's no accident that Maria's eyes saw that. Because where are we moving to? We're moving to a place where kids are going to be in our service. Teens are going to be in our service. 
And we're going to have times to practice. Amen. By the time we get in our new place, 20 seconds will be in the presence of God. Everybody. And we'll have God's highest flow. Amen. Glory to God. All right, come on, stand with me. We don't consider what's going on around us. We don't consider what's going on in our bodies, but we consider Jesus. Amen. This is our opportunity to worship and celebrate the healer. He gives, he's healed us. And so if I need healing, take the time to celebrate and worship him before I ask him for anything. Before I ask him, it's time to do that. Amen. And nothing's going to stop me from doing it. Not my mind, not my body, nothing, amen, not my circumstances. Glory to God, glory to God. Come into his presence with thanks.